0: Greetings once again, Pastor Jacob May dialing in from Christ Lutheran Church in Gordonville, Missouri. I hope you are having a great day. Not just a great day, I hope you are having the best of days. And since it's a Saturday, it has to be a great day, right? It has to be a fantastic day. It's Saturday. Uh, You're not working, hopefully. Spending time with your family, getting ready for Christmas. I'm sure you're uh, relaxing, Well, who am I kidding? That's probably a a tough task to be relaxing during this time of year. But I really do hope that you're having a great day. Speaking of great days, what's your greatest day? There's got to be a lot of great days, right? Married, had first child, second child, third child, fourth child, fifth child, tenth child. That'd be a lot of children, wouldn't it? Maybe you've had a wonderful celebration of, of a retirement Um, I'm sure you've had all kinds of great days, good days. We like those good days, don't we? But to change it up a little bit, what if you could create the best day? What would your day include? Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? All the different things you could see, do, all the people that you could spend it with. Who would you spend that great day with? Would you be able to fit it all in one day? What would that day look like? Is that day today? More than likely, probably not, right? At least it's not in this side of heaven. We have our struggles, don't we? Speaking of struggles, what's the worst day that you've had? That might get a little more personal, right? An event that happened in your life? Maybe you relive over and over again and you wish you could just get it out of your head. Maybe it's the passing of a loved one and those images, oh. Maybe it's when you got that diagnosis from the doctor. Sickness. Yeah, those days are a little easier to picture sometimes. A little more real. Those are tough days. In fact, that's what we're looking at today. We are going to look at some tough days and Jesus is going to meet some individuals during some of their hardest times but I just love that see I'm kind of showing my cards right now where we are going but Luke really does that for us here in Luke chapter 7 is that we're going to see Jesus meet people when they are having some of the worst days tough days and when Jesus meets these people in their tough moments he does extraordinary things I just love that 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 speaks to me I hope it does to you too We need to hear about Jesus meeting us in some of our more difficult days. Uh, The first one is a centurion's servant. So we see a little bit of a transition here in Luke's gospel. This is not uh, someone who is Jewish uh, from that tradition at all. This is someone who's outside the faith. This is a Gentile, and he is coming to Jesus. And he doesn't come to Jesus for himself or, or even for someone in the family. He comes for He comes for a servant. So he doesn't look at this person as as a servant or as property. He sees this individual as that, a a person, someone that's important to him. And this servant is not doing well. He is sick. We've had experiences like that, haven't we, where someone is just so ill and and hurting and there's nothing we can do but, but pray, right? We pray to the Lord that he would come and heal that individual, Listen well, this centurion, who's a rather important individual, leads about 80 to 100 people. I mean, he's up there. But he doesn't go to Jesus. He sends somebody to Jesus. He's actually being respectful. He wouldn't necessarily, someone in his position, approach a, a Jewish rabbi. So he sends somebody else who's Jewish to Jesus to, to come and, and heal him. And when Jesus arrives, it's almost to the shock of the centurion. He wasn't expecting Jesus to come and meet him and greet him, not at all. He was expecting Jesus to just say the word. And that's what's so great about this individual's faith. He didn't think that Jesus' presence was necessary. He didn't have to come and lay his hands on there. He didn't actually have to be present because he believed that Jesus just had the power. All he had to do was say the word and just like the centurion is able to tell the Uh, tell his men to go, that Jesus would be able to tell the sickness to go away. And Jesus responds by saying, wow, this individual has great faith. And just like that, the servant was healed. You know, in fact, Jesus says, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Now, this is Luke giving us a little bit of insight as to what's going to happen. There's going to be some more rubs between Jesus and the Pharisee. In fact, it's, it's going to get pretty nasty as we get towards the end of the gospel. But this centurion is putting faith in Jesus. He believes that Jesus is able to do these things. And sure enough, he comes into the midst of the bad day and completely turns it around to being the greatest day ever. Now, there's this other story that we have to look at that really kind of parallels this, and it's, it's a rather important one. We talk about bad days. Most of us would probably say that our worst day or one of our worst days would include the death of an individual. Now, the person in our story today, it's the death of their child. Can you imagine such a horrific thing happening? Most of us would have a hard time imagining something so horrific. In fact, even thinking about it, imagining it, we want to change the subject, don't we? But probably most of our worst day ever moments include the death of somebody. And this woman, this widow, she's going to have a tough lot in life now. She's already a widow, so there's no husband to take care of her. Her son has passed away, and he probably would have been the one that would support her. So what's going to happen now? Her days seem absolutely hopeless. Now you've been in situations like these, where you've been in the parade of individuals that are leaving from the funeral home, going to the cemetery. It's not fun, is it? It's pretty depressing. As you see the front car pull out with the loved one, then you all fall in behind, go through all the lights, watch as everybody else pulls over or pulls to the side and lets you go by because they know that you're in mourning. There's a burial that has to take place. It's the kind of attention that no family wants. And in our text today, the parade is coming through. Only Jesus doesn't step aside. He steps right up to the body. He meets this woman in her worst possible day. In the midst of the the fear and the anger and the weeping and the hopelessness, Jesus says these words that some might say are absolutely absurd. He says, young man, I say to you, arise. I mean, who says this? You can't just tell somebody who's dead to get up to wake up. You just don't do that. And yet Jesus did. And it says, the dead man sat up and began to speak. Jesus, with those few words, has breathed new life into this little town. And it says that, I love this, fear seized them all. And they glorified God. A great prophet has arisen among us. God has visited his people. They know that only God could do something like this. And God has chosen to come into the middle of this situation and give life. Wow. It's incredible. The worst day turned around. And we're going to come back to that. Because here's John. John the Baptist is in prison now. Uh, We know this not because of Luke's account, but uh, the book of Matthew tells us that John is in prison when he sends the disciples to to talk to Jesus. And, you know, I'd like to picture this. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just going to kind of say that. This is the Jacob May commentary. Nobody else has really can back me up on this, but there might be some that say it. I just not researched it. But I, I kind of wonder if John has some doubt here. We know from Matthew's account at least that John tells Jesus that he needs to be baptized by Jesus, right? He knows there's something special about Jesus. Yet, I picture John having one of those days, just like the centurion, just like the widow, where he's in prison and he's wondering if if things are going to happen the way they're supposed to happen or not, if there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel. So he sends some of his disciples to Jesus Are you the one that's coming or not? Are you the one that's coming or are we looking for another? And I love this because Jesus answers, but he doesn't answer John by saying, yes, or it is as you believe or something like that, right? Something that would give the absolute definitive answer that would leave no doubts. But, but Jesus doesn't do that, does he? Instead, all he does is say the words that were said in the Old Testament. Go and tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them, and blessed are those who are not offended by me. So Jesus doesn't say yes. Instead, he just quotes Isaiah 29 and Isaiah 35, right? He basically just says, I'm doing what the scriptures say the Messiah is supposed to do. So he moves on and we will too. Again, we're going to come back to this and tie it all together because now there's a story of the sinful woman here and uh, we're going to quickly go through this because I know we're running short on time. Wow, I wish we weren't short on time. There's so much good stuff here, Uh, but we have a woman who uh, it's said that uh, is a sinner, a known sinner, probably someone who is an adulterer, maybe a, a prostitute, but she has a bad reputation. Uh, the thing about this woman, though, is that she comes to Jesus, and here's the word. Here's, here's the thing here. She's going to have faith that Jesus is going to give her a positive response. I mean, this is a woman that's probably living with guilt, with shame. No one else would give her the, the time of day. No one else maybe respects her, but but she's having to live with this day in and day out. Not just having the worst day of her life, but man, she is just at a low point. There's nothing else for her to do, but she has faith that Jesus is the answer to her problem. And she comes and she just pours all that she can into Jesus as she weeps at his feet and cleanses his feet with her hair. I mean, this is quite the picture. And Simon, this is a different Simon, a Pharisee who sees this, thinks Jesus should know better, that he shouldn't be allowing a woman like this, who is unclean, to, to touch him. But Jesus is like, no, this, this woman is doing this because she needs it and, and she loves me. She loves much and, and her sins are great. But someone who wouldn't act like this is someone who doesn't think that they need this forgiveness. Their sins are little, at least in their own mind, right? But you see how this all kind of ties together? This woman believes that Jesus is going to offer her something before he even does it. She's acting in faith. And Jesus says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. And the same for uh, the centurion and for his servant. He believed that Jesus is going to do something before he even does it. Now, this is where I think we need to find the application. For us, it's tough. While we get to see miracles every day and maybe smaller ways and maybe in greater ways, I love to hear about miracles. Sometimes the miracles don't happen, God has other plans. We don't get to see a resurrection. We don't get to see a healing. Maybe we're like John, trapped, wondering what's God going to do next, what's taking place, things aren't working the way that we thought that they would. But what are you going to believe? What are you going to put your faith in? Do you believe, like the centurion, that Jesus is going to do something before you can even see it with your eyes? And truthfully, in faith, we are able to say, yes. Yes, we might be in despair now, but we know a a time of, of hope and beauty is coming. We believe that a day is coming when we will see a resurrection of those individuals who have fallen asleep, who have died in the faith. We believe there will be complete healings for those who are hurting now. We believe that we will, able to, we will be able to see the best of days, the greatest of days, beyond something where we could possibly imagine. We know this because in faith, we have God's word, right? Isn't that what happened with John the Baptist? You had to believe God's word, that Jesus is doing what God's word said he would be doing. And we have this word too. That's what we're supposed to be thinking here in Luke chapter 7. What is Jesus going to show us to give us hope down the road in everyday life? What are we going to find out in the rest of this text? And we got to keep on reading to see what that's going to be. But I'll give you a little heads up. <laughs> it's a death. It's a resurrection. It's an ascension. It shows that Jesus is going to take the burden of this world on uh, on himself, take away our burdens too. He is going to meet all of mankind in our worst days ever, filled with sin and death, and he's going to take it upon himself, but he's going to leave it in the grave. And with a resurrection hope, he's going to offer it to you. Where we know that that great day that has no end is coming, and faith, We absolutely believe it. So while we might have great days here, the best days are yet to come. And I can't wait. We're gonna keep reading. We're gonna keep turning the pages to see all of the wonderful things that we have to look forward to. That's all gonna come back to this, right? We put our faith in Jesus and who he is, not what we see with our eyes. Alright, another day down. Keep reading. Persevere. We'll see you all tomorrow. Luke chapter 8.